hello, we are back with the continuation and probably conclusion of our Porter's Day special. The likelihood that we don't get to a conclusion here is fairly low because I'm uh, I'm imagining this as being in keeping with both the original series and uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, where we are an episodic show where things are contained rather than a deeply serial show where everything is unpacked. The emotions are quick, they go back and forth, and we don't have to develop them over five different episodes because we are here to have a good time and then have some cocktails. Here for a good time, not a long time. Right. Very nice. So if you are just joining us for whatever reason, this is Speculate's Porter's Day special, the first of what we hope will be a long line of end of Gregorian calendar slash winter holiday themed uh, hijinks one shots uh, that Speculate brings you via the Strange Friends crew. So when we last left our intrepid crew of the Partridge, who speaks for the Partridge, Shelley had just been knocked from her uh, like horizontal working station on the Partridge, uh, having assisted Wreck in kind of using the sensors. Wreck was able to kind of listen into uh, on and record a conversation between Stuart Docent Jarsic and uh, someone named I think it was Justin who seemed to be a buyer of Necessarium, we return to, I think, Deepwave, who has just heard um, Stuart Docent say, weapons hot for the Majestic Three. Wreck heard it. Wreck heard it, because I cannot keep those characters' names distinct from one another. <laughs> um, Deepwave is a very robot-y sounding name. Yeah, that's I think that's I think that's what's, what's throwing me off. The characterization fully distinct. The names not staying put in my brain. So yes, Wreck has heard the Stuart docent give the command to the weapons team to go weapons hot. And your ship is not far from the Majestic Three at this point. So what do you do? As a superior machine and all of that other kind of stuff, I dump the clipped recording I have so far mm-hmm. of the chat into our chat because I'm still recording just in case there is more stuff, because I am, after all, a reconnaissance drone. And I beam back up, I beam myself back up, into the ship. Okay. Do you think that you could beam yourself directly to the bridge? And do you think that that would take a roll, or are you going to beam back up and then run through the hallways? Or something else? I guess we need to establish what sort of teleportation a cop ship would have. It seems like a cop ship would probably have fairly precise teleportation so that they could teleport Mm. you into the brig. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because it would be confusing if you had to. And also a security thing if you had to physically walk somebody from a teleporter into wherever you're going to keep them. So yeah, I will say that if we're going with that, then I beam myself to the bridge. All right. And Shelly is like hunched over the the console and the the kind of lean back uh, chair is like partially back up and she's doing her best and then here's the like teleport the teleport in looks over and says oh thank goodness um their f- weapons are heating up i know as a drone unfolds into humanoid shape and uh now i have like the rubber glove thing going bleh, on my head <laughs> beautiful yeah, and uh, I get in, and it's time to do pilot things. Okay, yeah. So dramatically, as you slip into the kind of pilot's chair, the Majestic 3's laser weapons rock your shields, and they are kind of closing in on you and just kind of boom, 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 boom. They're going to tear through your shields if you don't start moving. Mm-hmm. We're going to do evasive things. Let me see. How military <laughs> is Rack as a military reconnaissance drone? Yeah, is this about s- keeping the keeping your ship from getting damaged, or do you have some other kind of ultimate goal for how you're going to be flying here? I think if I'm walking through like the behavior tree mm-hmm. of Rack as a pilot, I think if everybody was here, Rex's priority would be evading fire and then getting away because recon not combat Mm -hmm. 
but because everybody is not here, getting away is not an option. I don't know if the atmosphere is going to heck up our ship the way it appeared to heck up their ship, so retreating to the planet does not seem like a good idea. So I think improvising some kind of combat is the best idea after doing evasive maneuvers so we do not get shot out of the sky. Okay, so for this role, are you focusing on defense then? Yes, I'm doing defense stuff first. Okay, I don't see how you are anything but both expert and prepared for this. <laughs> I so, would hope so. And we've established that piloting is lasers for you, so why don't we go ahead and give, uh, why don't you give me that role? That's a three, a four, and a two. So all three lower than five. Right. So on a three, you get a critical success. So on a three, oh, three, three successes, right? right, Because everything was below five. So not only do you evade fire, but you're able to like get the upper hand in a big way on them. So if you have an idea of how you might either be able to like partially incapacitate them or put yourself into a superior position, we can establish that now. If you want to think I can jump to the ground crew and then we can come back to you. Uh, let us give the ground crew some drama as well. Okay, so I've done quite a bit. Yeah, we see that um, uh, that wreck does some cool flying, avoiding the space lasers, and seems to be kind of pulling out from from like the the majestic three, kind of just chasing you. But then we do a kind of side wipe down to the surface, where we kind of. We're zooming in and the smokestacks at the, the the refinery are still going and the streets are still sparsely populated and we come back to the mayor's um, office building. So you've received the the video and audio from Rex recording and the mayor appears to still be on the phone with somebody in the back. The mayor has not come out from the back yet. I'm just going to walk into the mayor's office. Okay. So yeah, I think deck. Oh, please don't do that. It's gonna make pro. It's gonna make trouble. Deep wave has, after wreck teleported back up, skittered out of the industrial crawl space and mm-hmm. is now like just trying to calm deck down. Sure. So this doesn't take a roll to get to the back, but we we're establishing uh, through what Yori said that uh, deep wave is kind of helping manage it's deck. Nice while Luna goes into the back. So Luna, yeah, you you open the door. It's like it was closed but not locked from the inside. And the mayor's office is very unassuming. Like big small town civil servant vibes. Like there's a there's a plaque from a local sports team like stacked on top of several layers of manila envelopes. And then there's just a, a mishmash of like pictures and portraits in various frames. And everything is a bit cramped. And the the mayor, who is like a fairly unassuming, tall, kind of average, tall but average build, middle-aged man with kind of like salt and pepper hair pulled back with like, uh, not all the way into a ponytail, but like the front pulled into like a braid. And then the rest of the hair just kind of falls back behind and a like a fairly unkempt like collared shirt but it's like because it's space it's like a it's a high collar and uh there's like a little some like little hollow thing which is maybe like comms or or something like oh, okay it's it's broadcasting the comms from like the if you you know we have the the sports things where you get uh the audio just goes up from on your um collarbone something like that but uh like holographic and then the the kind of comms unit which looks like a conference call kind of phone but the the receiver goes laterally instead of vertically on the device because space and you step in and the mayor stops while the uh the steward the high steward is still talking like when we started this pro- this, pro- uh, this operation, you assured me that the people of Karos Theta 2 understood the depth of the severity of the situation that you found yourselves in. It does not sound like the people have been keeping up their side of this arrangement that we made when we decided that we were going to be able to gra- grant you assistance. 
The stewards have many things on our plates, and if you're not going to be able to hold up your side of our agreement, I may not be able to convince the Admiralty to let us continue this operation. And the mayor, like, looks to the thing and then looks to you and mouths, who are you? I put a finger to my uh, lips. Is there, a, like, a notepad or a tablet anywhere nearby? Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a tablet kind of, like, I guess, actually, it's neatly stacked on top of uh, a set of paperwork. Mm-hmm. I grab a tablet and start writing on the screen. So the mayor is kind of just like uh, filling time while you while you type and says, "Of course, uh, uh, the high steward. You know, the, everyone here understands the implications of the uh, the atmospheric situation that we find ourselves in, and like is taking pauses and like looking to what you're writing." I bring back up the tablet towards the mayor, and it reads, "Hi." I'm Luna. Don't trust this man. You're being robbed. And like looks at it, seems to not be super paying attention to the high steward who is just basically repeating the same thing, but in different language. Then the the high steward says, I've been spending my time overseeing the situation at the mine, but it may be, it, it may be that the time has come for me to return to New Amity and work more directly, closely with you, and, and seeing if there's anything we can do to reapportion or redistribute uh, your people to be able to uh, meet the timeline that we need in order to avoid disaster. Don't do that. The sky fire was their fault. And the mayor says, um, uh, hi, Stuart. I have. Um, uh, there's been a, a situation has emerged, and like the mayor kind of starts futzing with the machine and like turns off um, speakerphone and then speaks loudly. Uh, Stuart, 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 and and hangs up and says, "Luna, do you have any evidence to, to prove any of this? Do we have? Do we still have any of the uh, videos that we just looked at? Yeah, hundred percent. You okay. have it on your. Yeah, I sent you all the copies. Mm-hmm. They come um, with timestamps and everything. I, I slide it towards the nearest uh, large screen in the office. And while it's playing, I'm literally still talking to um, the mayor. Um, so hi, I'm Luna. We've just met. I'm uh, one of the crew of the Partridge. We represent the Partridge and all friendly and noble creatures in the universe. We came here thinking that the people who were robbing you were in trouble, only to learn that they were robbing you. You don't owe these people anything. This necessarium is yours, and they're manufacturing a situation to take it all from you, and that's not right or good. And they're willing to harm your people in order to maintain that control, and we're here to stop that from happening. Where's the mine? I think Luda's speaking loudly enough that this can be heard in the lobby. Yeah. How are Deck and other people in the lobby reacting? They all seem shocked. One of the people, the, the person that the, the mom was initially talking to seems less surprised, but in a way that uh, Deep Wave might read as this person already has some suspicions. But overall, the people in the, in the lobby are like, are be, are kind of, shocked and they like the, what you can get from them is that they feel like you all are pretty trustworthy because you've been very nice and helpful but mm-hmm. this is big and scary mm-hmm. um, and i think okay. in the mayor's office the mayor is under a ton of pressure and you have a lot of really good evidence but you're completely throwing their world into upheaval so I think that's going to take a role to convince him to take the course of action that you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. What are the questions that you were about to ask me again? Are you an expert in this type of thing? And are you prepared, were you prepared for kind of what you're doing here? Um, I would say the evidence makes you prepared. The evidence makes me prepared. If I'm being perfectly honest, mm-hmm. I do not think I am an expert in telling people that they're being hoodwinked and I am your only hope. That would give you... I would like to assist. Okay. Can I assist by riling up the crowd in the lobby about how they are being fucking exploited? Absolutely. I feel like you are if prepared... one thing Deep Wave knows, Deep Wave knows how to start a riot. <laughs> I feel like you're prepared because you know these people, like you've been, you've been talking with these people, and 
you've described yourself as someone who would be an expert in getting a crowd riled up. So why don't you give me a 3D roll, and the more successes you get, the better your assistance will be. Um, All twos. Six, one, and a three, so two successes. Okay, and your number is a two, so that's not laser feelings. Not yet. So two successes means that, Luna, you will get plus 1D. So that will take you to 3D, I believe. And this is feelings for you as well? Yes. Yep, I would agree. Okay, so that Ooh. is one failure, two successes, and that includes a laser, a laser feelings. So I'm going to copy the laser feelings questions into chat again for you, Brandon, to see if there's any of these or some other appropriate question that you would like to ask um, that your kind of insight into the situation grants you as you are convincing the mayor. Mm-hmm. So the question that I definitely want to ask, what is the best way to empower these people to uh, regain control of the situation? Sure. Because I really want as much as possible for it to feel like it- the success of this mission is self-generated by them and not us just being saviors to them. Right. The sense that you get is that these people were very trusting and they did not have the scientific tech, um, equipment to be able to assess what happened in their atmosphere. And they are isolated enough that they didn't know that the stewards are not a thing that any of you all have heard of. So you have specific evidence that they can distribute amongst themselves. And the sense that you get is that the best thing you can do is keep the stewards from interfering further while they reach a consensus among themselves. Uh, okay, cool. Um, um, but, you know, you're, you're talking back and forth with the mayor and the mayor says, oh, this is, these are very serious accusations, but... This video, uh, this uh, that tape, that is the 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 deputy steward, uh, steward docent, and that certainly sounded like just some kind of sale, not people working on a a miracle scientific engine that would save our atmosphere. But I don't. The atmospheric disturbances are still happening, and so even if even if they're robbing us, I don't know if. I don't know what we would need to fix the atmosphere, even if we are going to um, ask them to leave. So I have to call a meeting. I'm going to have to pull everyone from the refinery and from the mines and from the outlying ranches and farms so that we can reach consensus. Might I say one thing before you do that? Of course. Has the mayor noticed that everyone in the lobby is now singing 16 tons together? <laughs> I think the like we hear this in like over the mayor's breaks as the mayor is trying to like keep himself calm. And um, like when we get the reverse angle, we see that there's a big plaque on the like facing outward. So like the mayor sees it from his office, but you couldn't see it until you were in the room that says uh, new Amity founded basically 112 years ago, Amity Teamsters Association, local 1733. And so this was founded by union folks. So while I still have the mayor's attention, I just walk over to the, uh, the door of the office, open the door so we can hear everyone singing, close the door again, and go, you are... Under a heap of pressure, I understand that. And something did actually happen in the sky that is a big deal. But what I want you to leave with is understanding, first and foremost, that this land is yours. It belongs to you and all of your people, and the only people who can make any decisions about how it is used are you all. Every single one of you. Not a stranger. They are stewards of nothing. And we are not here to get anything from you. We are here to give you what is yours back. So all that I ask is that you lead us to wherever they might be potentially threatening any, any of your other citizens. The mine chief among them, which I'm pretty sure is probably being managed by overseers of the stewards, 
so we can ensure that every single one of these uh, voting members of your citizenry get to come back here and have the conversation you would like to have. Certainly. Um, we told a very good story about the stewards and and everything, and, but giving you excuses as to why I bought what need, they were selling doesn't fix anything. You don't need anything. to apologize to me. They told me they were friendly, and I like making friends. Yes, the, the chief steward, um, Crusom, he and uh, usually between five and ten of their people are at the mine. Uh, they have their own technology that they brought to try to expedite our processes. We we try to only take as much from the earth as we need to trade for what we can't make here. Which I appreciate. But I will head to the mine now, call a meeting with whoever needs to be present, and when this is all over and you've gotten back everything that's yours, I would like us to officially declare each other friends. But that is that is for a later point when I step out of the uh, office. Deepwave is going to go with Luna to the mine because there's still that guy down there who we need to help. Right. And I think Deepwave is able to bring a handful of people from the lobby as a search party because they know the inside of the mine much better than we do. Okay. Yeah, you have, I think your crowd probably grows as people pass on, like they've been sharing this video. And so there's like, the majority are still there, still singing. Yeah, they're, you know, frustrated, clamoring, and a assembling crowd. But when you get to the mouth of the mine, you are met by four armed, kind of prim and proper people with two with phaser pistols and two with phaser rifles. And they say, what are y'all doing? And we're going to go back to space. So, uh, Yoy, you've you've done some amazing flying and you've put the partridge into an advantageous position or gotten the Majestic 3 into some kind of trouble. What did you do? I think that since we've established that the partridge has these delicious sensors Mm -hmm. also go quite deep, and also that I am currently in their system, as it were, from the very first scan that we ever did of the ship, we know that it still has like this weird ionization thing going on. Yep. That looks like some kind of damage yep. to the ship. Can I make the case for for Rick to use the sensors? Because I'm assuming that the sensors must be outputting sure. something of some kind of wavelength. Yeah. So can I say that Rick uses these superior sensors <laughs> to basically microwave the ionization <laughs> of the ship? To what end? To the end that it has no shields anymore. Yeah. I think you could, like, with the sensors, you could kind of, uh, you could create a sympathetic resonance that um, that uh, kind of technobabbles their shields. Yeah. <laughs> technobabbles their shields. Yes. So you asked what I had done. I would like to say that that is what I did. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable thing to have gotten uh, gotten done with a crit. And so you've outflown them and their shields are down, but they're still firing on you. And uh, I think not long after their shields go down, the comms off uh, or the uh, you're being your ship is being hailed again uh, with the, with like very, uh, very aggressive text messages of talk to us, you cowards. What have you done to our ship? I still have the fucking rubber glove on my head. Uh, yeah, I uh, I answer <laughs> while I am microwaving their ship. Partridge, what deep space sorcery have you done to our shields? I have done St- something absolutely amazing. Stand down and prepare to be boarded. How about no? How oh. about you stand down and stop doing... What my two companions would call unethical shit. We are a fleet class ship of the Galactic Stewards, and you are no one. I'm imagining. I take off the rubber glove from my head and like slap the camera with okay. it and turn it off. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. They're angry. 
the ship is compromised and they are probably being even more aggressive and less careful, which means that they are going to start putting some serious damage on your ship unless you are able to maintain your high standard of flying um, because they are, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of doing the thing that what if their ship was a cornered animal? And so it's lashing out. However, you said that it was twice as big as me. Yeah. Well, twice as big as us. Yeah. Which means I can land on it. <laughs> I yeah. You, that, that, I like the expression you made. That <laughs> follows from. <laughs> that follows from the fiction. The expression Brandon made when I said I wanted to cricket the cop. <laughs> um. Yeah. That. That's the face I made when you revealed that the chicken had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that we all have faces and everybody knows what those faces do and mean. Yeah. So the ship will definitely take damage if you, unless you are able to nail this maneuver. But if that's what you want to do, you could definitely make a roll. Do you think you are prepared to try to board their ship slash latch onto their ship with yours? Is this something you've done before? Actually, I'm not trying to board their ship okay. so much because... I have militarily classed them as a threat and therefore something to be put out of commission as soon as possible. Okay. And I am not interested in one by one dealing with the entities inside this ship. It sure. is just much easier to actually deal with the ship. Okay. Um, as Arudinel said in the chat, Wreck is programmed to land. So I think you <laughs> yes. are prepared here and an that's expert. All I, I am all, that's all that I'm meant to do. I'm meant to land things. I would like to land on the face of the ship. Okay. Because that will definitely distract them. <laughs> sure. Why don't you give me that role? I think anybody else might be doing this as feelings, but it it does seem like Wreck is just the sort where this is still lasers. This is still lasers, yes. Sure hope this works out. That's a one, a one, and a five. So that means you also get um, laser feelings, right? I get laser feelings, yes. So do you have some other bit of information that you would like to get? Let's see. What are they really feeling? I don't care. Who's behind this? I also don't care. How could I get them to blank? That is interesting. What should I be on the lookout for? I think we already have looked out for everything that's necessary. Right. Uh, look out for lasers. Yeah. <laughs> I guess between what could I get them to look out, I mean, what I could I get them to blank, and what's the best way to blank? I think primarily I want to know how to get them to stop doing aggressive things. Sure. But also because I know my two companions would want this, how to make repar, how do we get them to undo the damage that they've done? So at the very least, ditch the necessarium that they've already hoarded mm -hmm. or at least how can we co-opt or take or otherwise commandeer their sciencing equipment sure they must have it <laughs> as it yeah. is such a fancy ship so as you kind of land the partridge on the face more or less of the majestic three your sensors with like in uh maximum proximity you know you're right there you know where the necessarium is you know that they're the only machinery that has anything to do with necessarium is basically um space forklifts because all the necessarium is in their hold and they have basically a whole like shipping and packing operation where they are taking big shipments of necessarium and putting it into smaller like space shipping crates to be sold off to Justin and others. And so you, you know where you would need to go for that. You have additional evidence that they're not doing anything special with the necessary other than selling it. Um, and you, I think you'll also know how they might be trying to come and get you, which is like to effectively drill through the hull, both hulls to try to start boarding your ship, which, okay. yep. That ra that that rattling sure sounds like the uh, the hull underneath the bridge and where the ship's face would be. Shelley is like has gone over to like a a like a, a sliding door panel on the other side of the room and like 
gotten the like the fa- the the two phaser rifles that are in the that are in the bridge and has one herself like she's sick but she's still an ex cop slash prison guard so like she can do this thing but she like kind of is gesturing toward the other one like do you want this mm-hmm. let me see they probably have too much necessarium for us to actually ferry down sure. without um, like making extended trips. One of the things that I had wanted to know more about is how could I get them to stop? Sure. So I think what if you drove both of you into the atmosphere, things would get very rough very quickly, but that's very dangerous. You could uh, get them to stop by having, uh, basically, if you could remove the commander who's on the ship right now or get somebody else to take over because that commander seems to be uh, increasingly agitated and focused on getting one up on you slash uh, making up for the the kind of loss of face that you've caused. Okay. In that case, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, because I guess I'm lodged into the face of this ship, is that I'm going to start turning it as though I'm going to try and drive it into the atmosphere. Okay. And I'm going to ping the ship. Partridge, what are you doing? Hey, I'm a partridge in a pear tree. Partridge, release your docking clamps immediately. Oh, no. So, uh, hey, everybody on the Majestic 3. As you know, I'm the person who landed on your ship. Uh, I'm an asshole. And I'm also a robot. So I can't actually die. And I don't care if I take all of you with me. So maybe someone who is not this person can take over instead because I don't like him. And so I'm just going to drive a little faster towards this amazing atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) So you can definitely roll to get them to like relent, but I don't see how this is anything other than feelings. Yeah. (laughs) I do think you will get at least two dice, but I don't know that you're an expert at this type of thing. I'm just a dick. <laughs> okay. So you'll give me a two die roll and you're looking for fives and sixes. That's a five and a one. Okay. So on a five, you get laser feelings. And what I will let that do to avoid kind of another cycle of questions and because we're heading toward the end is I think the laser feelings you get here are just how far you have to push them to get them to back uh, to basically relent. So you are... You you know you keep pushing you keep pushing you're going to be coming into the atmosphere you don't know when the burning is going to stop uh, when the burning is going to start but like before you notice any kind of ionization on the ship which you know their ship is lower you get a you see on your sensors that their weapon systems have powered down entirely and the like a text message from the majestic three says please don't. The ship nearly blew up last time. This That guy's an asshole. Please let us go. And it's signed, Lieutenant Dodge. This is great. I I ping my buddies downstairs. Planet side. Yep. Yep. Okay, and then that's... At this point, we are outside the mine. Deep Wave has gotten someone to give them a map and is now dividing the map up and assigning people sections to search. We are going to get this guy back. Okay, great. How are you going to get past the four armed guards that don't want to let anybody in who isn't a miner on shift? I really think that's a huge problem yet. (laughs) Which one of these these four armed guards look simultaneously the fittest and most haggard? So that would be Commander Yelch, who is a probably middle-aged-ish, slightly balding individual who has like big, big bags under uh, under his eyes um, and seems like he'd rather be anywhere else. I take six strong paces towards Yelch. Now st- uh, stay right there. 
Hi there, I'm Luna. Luna who? Luna, that's all that matters right now. I'd like to ask you a very important question. Uh, how much do you get paid? Excuse me? How much do you get paid? Kind of look around to the civilians and lean in like, it's not really appropriate for me to discuss here. This is an alien civilization. They have their whole economic system. I don't want to disrupt it. Right, sure. And I know that that's probably going to be a disruption for them. And I'm asking if it's a disruption for you. Okay, let me put it to you another way. Do you actually do any labor here? You look like you've been lifting quite a bit of heavy material while you're on this site. Is that correct? You've been moving some crates and stuff? The high steward is uh, not happy with the production numbers. We have a timetable to keep. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've been having to do some extra duty. But we're all in this together. Yeah, shifting some stuff, um, loading some crates, stuff like that, yeah? Yeah, and like... Yelp is sitting with their their map on a nearby rock and yells, they're not paying you for that, are they? Uh, Like, before he can even respond, I take one very strong additional... Uh, stride right in front of the elf and go, you load 16 tons and what do you get? And Not overtime pay, that's for sure. Because this is, you know, because this is a drama, you know, four people in the crowd kind of shout, but in a beautiful choral harmony, the next line of that song. And you see that at the end of that line, Yelch's lips are moving in sync just a little bit. You get the sense that that he knows that song, he gets what's going on, but the the more you escalate, the more he's looking to the three others. Like, we're not alone here. Like, and there's a bunch of things are happening because he's looking to the crowd, he's looking to you, he's looking to the other people. He seems conflicted. I'm still speaking to Yelch when this happens, but I put my hand on the shoulder of the youngest other officer in his company. And I go, you're here because you thought that you were getting a good deal. And I'm here to tell you no one here is. All of you are expendable. This planet is the planet raw deal, and you're just another pebble on it. The stewards up there are specifically not coming down to meet you because they are not your friends. And yet, I'm here. And I put my hand out for a handshake. And I go, that makes me more your friend than them, right? Okay. You'll want to give me a roll here. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the singular thing that I'm both an expert and always prepared for. Making (laughs) friends. Yep, I think you've... You've read the situation well enough and made good arguments that you're going to get the that full 3D there. Mm-hmm. So that is two successes because your number is two and this is feelings if there ever was. And so I'm just going to keep naming people because everybody... You know, these are all these are all people with their own subjectivities. Ensign Quistler is the is the youngest one, and they say to Yelch, uh, "Commander, uh, permission to speak freely." And Yelch is like, "Of course, it's important that officers of the stewards speak their mind." And Quistler says, "Commander, I signed up to the stewards because I was told that we helped people. We're not helping these people." You know this. We all know this. Jarsic is terrifying, and Crusum is worse. This is a. These are all good people. We should stop this shit. And Yelch like looks to the crowd, looks to the people that are still filing into the mine. His calm like starts starts going, and Steward Docent Jarsic is like shouting at them, and so Yelch takes his comms, just like cracks it in a big like uh, in a like in a still kind of beefy hand and drops it and says screw this let's go ask the mayor if they'll take some uh if they'll if they'll take some immigrants i like this place i don't want to mess with them and kind of just looks to the others and say 
you made your own oaths. You decide what's best for you. But I don't think we should keep doing this. Unfortunately, the other two seem to be much happier kind of towing the kind of space cop uh, line. But there's so many of you that... Just checking two of them and how many of us again? (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't... Like, you don't need to roll to get them to back off because there are so many people that they are actually just going to like basically tap their communicators and say, Majestic 3, the situation has escalated. Two to teleport. And like as the crowd kind of closes in on them, they um, disappear. But now nobody is in your way to do the rescue operation. It's rescue o'clock. Yes. So the challenge, Deep Wave, is that these mines have been expanded and unpacked and delved into very aggressively almost 24 hours a day. And so as you're moving through the space, there are a lot of, there's basically a lot of environmental dangers where there are some tunnels that might collapse. There's a bunch of different places to look. And so I'm curious how you individually or you with the people of this, this kind of community are going to go and find the missing worker. Deep Wave is prepared for this because the community is in the mix with them. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like, Deep Wave is armed with people who know the lay of the land who have been spending hours upon hours in here. Mm-hmm. So that's one extra die. Do you think hmm. they are Let's an see. expert in this type of search and rescue work? No, not in search and rescue, just in fucking around in dangerous areas where shit can fall on your head at any moment. <laughs> okay. I think if you are going to, if you're fine to put yourself primarily in the danger, um, I'll give you that third die, mm-hmm. but then it becomes more about your part of the expedition and less about like actively leading everybody. Deep Wave is going down there because it's important to demonstrate that I'm not going to send people into any danger I'm not willing to take on myself. Okay. So yeah, why don't you give me a three die roll? Is this more lasers or feelings, do you think? This is feelings because I'm demonstrating my leadership capabilities. Okay. Cool. Let's see those dice. A three, a four, a two. So that's successes and laser feelings. Yeah. So that with the laser feelings, that's a crit. And so mm-hmm. the, the laser feelings answer I'm going to offer you is where is the missing miner? And so we get a quick montage of you with some other, like both off and on duty miners because story is like word is spreading really fast. So you go three levels down the first level. Everything is really like safe and orderly. Lots of lights. Second level seems like it used to not get used a whole lot, but is very bustling here. Third level down, the, there's lights less frequently. You know, there aren't as many like kind of wooden supports that have been put up to to stabilize the tunnels. And then you get to the fourth level down, and there is a basically a pathway that had been had been labeled as unsafe, but you see that people have been people have gone down that pathway and you hear from another miner that the stewards insisted that they open up this, um, this kind of uh, this wing of the mine because of, you know, time being of the essence and you get uh, a ways down and there's been a cave in. And that's why that's why, that's why that miner was, was not coming back. Uh, But you have all of the tools and the people Mm -hmm. necessary that the miners are able to kind of take take the lead here and try to communicate with the folks beyond and are able to dig out their their neighbors and other workers um, from the mine. And the folks there are like pretty dehydrated and may need some uh, some treatment for like basically not black lung, but a minor version of space lung. But you're able to get everybody out. And we can come with the group back to the city center where the kind of, as the the miners assemble, they're able to read everybody else in to the conversation that's happening. And there is a basically a tech assisted, like instant vote 
instead of having to like do serpentine and count everybody's votes like verbally or like hand up and down, um, they have their own kind of voting app and it's all like very transparent and it goes up onto a big board and they, the kind of like tell the stewards to leave number is kind of like hovering close to the consensus number. And there are a couple of stand asides, but not enough to reach their, like, we have to keep going number. There is a sufficient consensus to kind of withdraw that, that kind of permission and authority from the, the stewards. And then folks are, are all cheering. And the, the mayor kind of turns to the two of you and, and says, well, I, uh, I heard that a couple of the stewards decided to uh, to leave, and then looks over to uh, to Yelch and Quistler, and um, maybe some of those folks that uh, that came. We made a good impression on. We'll we'll figure out uh, what we want to do. You know, uh, they're not stuck here if they don't want to be, uh, and if they don't fit in, and we can't uh, make sure that everybody's going to be happy, then we'll make sure that they get somewhere. And um, I don't know where you all have to go. But with the information that we've received, our scientists are going to be doing some analysis on what's actually happening with the atmosphere. And regardless, I think it's very important that we make sure that renewal happens. And we would be very honored if you and your, um, where's that third, third one? It, whoever is on your crew, you're all very welcome. And we would love to have you at renewal so that we can make our appreciation uh, fully known in in the way that we like to, it it's a real fun time. I hope you I hope you stay. Of course, we're staying for the party. I think we'd like nothing more than to see you all at your happiest and not your most dour. So of course we'll join you. Okay. Meanwhile, um, in the group chat, uh, Rec is like almost gleefully detailing <laughs> how she is terrorizing <laughs> the crew into uh, setting up returning the necessarium. <laughs> Yeah, I think there you come to understand that there has been there's been sort of a mutiny and <laughs> there were enough people on the stewardship that wanted to like fuck off that they caused problems but not enough to take over the ship. And so they stole one of the shuttlecraft and just left. So the like 20ish people out of their out of that crew have just all gone uh, have just all quit and left but the rest of them are still kind of doing their thing and if and when they are able to get loose of you they just jet and leave the system immediately so if you don't want to let them go i think there could be some like there would be some additional struggle but uh, i'm fine to kind of move toward wrapping up here depending on yep. on what rec is thinking I think Rec would ping the other two to be to apprise them of the situation and basically let them know that Rec is fine with them leaving because again primary objective was them getting GTFO so to speak. So, how do you feel about them losing all the rock? Rec doesn't care about it personally. Pretty damn good. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, and the the stewards do accept like oh, okay like they're it seems like the commander is trying to save face like of course you know we were only here voluntarily and we're very disappointed that you don't want to continue with our uh, you know our crisis response operation you know unfortunately much of the necessarium was used in the process of building this device which was damaged in the skirmish with the the partridge that's a lie and so they you know they can't return everything because they sold a lot of it but they returned some of it and then I think if it's okay, I will, we will jump forward to the next day. We're back in the town square of New Amity, which has overnight become like 50 times more festive. And there's more lights, there's paper crafts, there are food stalls, there's music. And the thing that you come to, to learn is that, um, that renewal is about community and friendship and family but one of the primary kind of ways that this is practiced is by basically individual 
material or um, ephemeral creation. So many of the gifts are, here's this thing I handmade. I made you food or, you know, uh, here's this drink that I know that you like. These are specific gifts of work and labor and or time or handmade things that you you get from somebody else. You know, this is this is the anti-consumerist gift-giving holiday here because ultimately this is a this is a, a colony where they op- they participate in like commercial markets really mostly externally and then are just sharing the stuff that they need amongst themselves so as we move to epilogue i'd love to hear from each each character some moment in the renewal festivities that your character partakes of and you're very much welcome to make up some part of how renewal works so that this can this can become part of the multiversal Porter's Day uh, paradigm. So when I heard that part of the festivities includes giving ephemeral gifts, I decided to share a thing that typically I only make for the crew of the Partridge. Before we all got arrested, I had a stash on another planet of moonshine that I made on a, on a heavy gravity moon. Nice. So like I have like eighty bottles of like the strongest booze on in the in, in our solar system, uh, and I typically on, we typically only drink it when we're celebrating a thing on the ship. But I'm like this entire planet is celebrating, so I give a bottle of it to the mayor. Mm. And I think and so this is like one fifty proof plus. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, uh, the the act of inhaling it is capable of making someone inebriated. Well, Luna, this is um, very strong. I would it be would it be all right if um, if I got this to um, uh, to Lou, one of our one of our brewers, maybe for for next renewal, turn it and uh, mix it in with something else. I I honestly don't think that uh, if any of us are going to try and drink it. Uh, directly ourselves we'll be able to partake of much of the rest of the festivities but we're very grateful oh, yeah. for this and for everything that you've done oh, of course I, I i hope that you enjoy it also let me not forget to give you the instructions and then i uh hand the mayor a pamphlet of all of the ways that it needs to be ideally prepared so you don't severely injure yourself sure uh, only serve it in stainless steel um drinkware the ratio of it to at least it should be one to twenty etc Oh, this is this is very good. This is um, it reminds me of our um, uh, our our food preparation standards that we uh, that we inherited from the original colonists. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's always very important to not go blind. But still, thank you so very much for allowing us to be a part of this process for you all. Of course. Um, well, since that is going to be a a gift that we will get to keep on enjoying for some time. Uh, why don't I pour you some of um, some of the cider that we make here for our toast? Of course, I'd love that very much. All right, and so we get kind of the we know that this toast is happening, but the camera shifts to one of the others who would like to go next. So Deep Wave is drinking hot cider with Elise and their family, mm-hmm. and. The camera just pulls back a little, and we see that the stoat people are no longer craned over, and Deep Wave is no longer looking up because they brought out a stepladder for Deep Wave to stand on to put us all on eye level. Very nice. And so, yeah, they're they're chatting, and the 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 miner whose name uh, I don't believe that I gave the the miner spouse's name, and so, I don't think so. they're going to be Morris M O R R I S. And like Morris still looks a little under the weather from kind of the, the time that, uh, that he and the others spent kind of past the cave in, but in much better spirits. And the, the little stoat person is like climbing, uh, climbing all over him and like gets kind of gets up. This stoat, this small stoat person is a bit large to be carried, but is insisting on it. Maybe some kind of like emotional reaction, regression kind of a thing, but it's all fine. You know, are you just chatting? Is there some other activity happening here as well? Mainly just hanging out, but Deep Wave has been just keeping an, an eye through the on the festivities and observing that like 
the community is definitely taking care of the miners who were in, in the cave-in. Like, they are getting extra sandwiches. People keep throwing blankets on top of them. Yeah, absolutely. And one of... Uh, so Deck comes up to you at some point. Would Deepwave um, have let on their their interest in cocktails at some point in uh, either the previous day's conversation or the renewal ceremony, the renewal activities? Deepwave was so distracted by everything going on that it didn't come up. Okay, so maybe just a little <laughs> bit of renewal magic. Mm-hmm. Deck says, "Hey, uh, this is my this is my uh, this is my sibling Keb, and Keb is a mixologist, and so Keb has come up with a cool uh, renewal cocktail that they want to share with everybody. And I thought that we should start by by sharing it with you, Deepwave, since uh, you and your friends uh, did so much to help us." Oh, thank you. And so I think this is. This cocktail gets named uh, from darkness to light and like has some kind of like fancy FX where it, you know, you pour, you pour some part into a larger chunk of um, dark material. And then that like that additional liqueur or mixer starts fluorescing and makes the whole drink glow. Um, and so this is very lovely. So they they make a number of these and kind of mm-hmm. start passing them out, and like a larger crowd comes to to see this. Deep Wave hops behind it, the makeshift bar to learn how to do it, and starts helping Ing run this just distribution. Lovely, like a little a, a bit off from there. Shelley is uh, seated, watching basically kids and you know any number of people um, ice skating on a a rink that they have kind of next to the next to the square and is seems to just be be really happy to be there seems to be in better spirits and better health and kind of at various times like catches each of your uh your uh your your gaze and you know we get a quick flashback to the beginning of the festivities where shelly is like very proud of each of you for for what you all have done uh like and says this like as she is like sneezing but is you know having a good time uh, regardless uh and then we come to wreck wreck does not like festivities because wreck was not made to enjoy things <laughs> except for landing and so thusly they have been harassed horribly <laughs> by the small children into providing small air rides. They have their glove back on their head. The googly eyes are back on uh, as they're flying around. Some enterprising local has stuck a little red bulb on the front of their faceplate. So (laughs) it looks like a little red nose for some reason. And they're just doing a great job of flying and then landing with the small children. And this um, is greatly entertaining <laughs> to everybody for some reason. Yeah. And there are some other like adults hanging around, like watching. Cause I think at, at first probably people were a little worried, but wreck is an expert at, at the landing part, which is like the most dangerous part. And so the line keeps growing. Uh, and the, there is some question as to whether, whether this will all end before it is dawn, because there are so many kids that are all having so much fun. Uh, and the kind of in the night sky, we have all of the the kind of the lights about uh, about the the community, and then there's some like kind of northern lights type um, visual phenomena that's not anything to do with whatever else is happening with the atmosphere. And we kind of pull out, seeing each of the, these little scenes. We get back out to orbit with the the partridge kind of happily hovering and orbiting. And then we pull back to the kind of the edge of the galaxy as happy, like the kind of the outro credits of, you know, whatever this not Star Trek TV show is. And then, you know, we go into normal credits and then at the end it says, uh, the crew of the Partridge will return, question mark. And we will end there for today. This has been Lasers and Feelings, a game by John Harper that is delightful and I have been very happy and honored to be joined by 
Joy Gawain Lynn, Brandon O'Brien, and Iori Kusano from the Strange Friends crew as we do our Speculate Porter's Day special here on twitch.tv slash Arvin And I want to say thank you again to everyone who has been watching live with us here at the channel. This has just been a nice way to have happy, good feelings, winter holiday time with my lovely strange friends. And so I, I will invite each of them to remind us where we can find them. And then we will say uh, good night, good day, good time zone. Uh, starting with Brandon. Hello again. I am still Brandon O'Brien. Um, this evening I played uh, Luna February, the hotshot explorer who wants to befriend everyone in the universe. I am really glad that we got to do uh, some more Portis Day things because this is really cool. Um, and I'm glad that, again, I got to spend Portis Day with my strange friends and with all of you in chat. A reminder, again, that you can find me everywhere on the internet at The Rising Tides. Whether that includes Twitter is apparently <laughs> very violently in flux tonight. But you can find me everywhere else on the internet at The Rising Tides. I have a newsletter, which you can find at brandonobrien.xyz. And of course, I have an itch page, theRisingTides.itch.io, uh, uh, where you can find all of the very cool uh, game stuff that I have made or am working on if you want to support that stuff as well. And of course, I am the author of Can You Sign My Tentacle, a poetry collection published by Interstellar Flight Press. And if you'd like to read some weird... Uh, mildly Lovecraftian, but definitely very black poetry. Definitely check that collection out. Thank you so very much for spending time with us. I'm very glad that I get to uh, sometimes diffuse the other weirdnesses of the holiday season by spending time with you all. And I hope to see you all very, very soon in 2023. All right. Yoy. Hello. And very soon, goodbye. I remain Yoy Gawain Lin, a game and fiction writer. Tonight, I have played an android pilot who is here to land shit and talk shit. Uh, <laughs> I exist in a Schrodinger's kind of way on Twitter uh, due to the aforementioned volatility. If Twitter does so happen to flick the switch down into the permanent zero state of being, you can find me outside, touching grass, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, on Twitter, I am This Is My Design. Design is spelled capital D-A-S-E-I-N. It is a philosophy and a Hannibal pun. And it is with a philosophy and a Hannibal pun that I wish you all a very good Porter's Day and a very excellent time and much gratitude for being part of this strange company and the strange vibes. Marvelous. Yuri. Happy time zone, friends. It has been a delight. Kusuno Yori, they, them, at Yori Kusuno on Twitter for as long as that lasts. I will be there to the end because we are inching closer and closer to the class action lawsuit and I'm getting my 35 cents. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me at kusunoyori.com. I have a very neglected blog there. Maybe I'll throw some recipes up. Who knows? Hmm. And as always, you can find me in Master Duel and fight me. Happy Porter's Day, team. Now I'm thinking we could have like a Patreon special that is whatever recipe we come up with for the uh, this special um, renewal cocktail. I have absolutely started working that out. Brilliant. I am Mike Underwood. I publish as Michael R. Underwood. I have been your... Um, delighted uh, stage manager for this game of lasers and feelings. This is a game that by all accounts is intended to be largely improvised. And so given that I knew that the strange friends would be able to bring glorious chaos and we've done it once, once more, uh, once again, uh, it's very fun to get to GM for the strange friends in broadcast because uh, I've really only done other GMing for for them all uh, off-screen in various private machinations. It, it's genre-nots playtests. They've been helping me. They're very fun. <laughs>
You should also make sure to buy Valerie Valdez's books because they're wonderful and fun. And Valerie will return the next time we have kind of a mainline speculate strange friends um, activity as we move toward the grand finale of Girl by Moonlight Fractal Spire that we are playing on. Uh, on the channel and the podcast. If you have no, you may have noticed that the speculate podcast feed is not getting some of the episodes because we are still dealing with some website challenges and working on an export. So stay tuned to um, the speculate Twitter at speculate SF and speculates Patreon at patreon.com slash speculate. The episodes are getting posted there because that part isn't broken. Thank you all for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And a happy Porter's Day to all. Take this spirit of camaraderie and giving uh, out with you into the world to overthrow capitalism and seize the means of production. Unionize! Unionize! Good night, all. Take care. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.